Hey everyone, welcome back to the TBH podcast. Of this is our final episode. It's a final episode and I'm sure as you guys can tell from the quality of our voices, um, <laughs> the second wave of COVID has hit and uh, it's not safe to go out yet. Um, so we're recording this over call. Uh, so today's episode is going to be an interview. We had an interview and um, this is just going to be a short intro before we can get in. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Any other final comments, Sonia? Um, I mean, we learned a lot from this interview, so hopefully you guys will too, because I think it's very informative. So without further ado, I'm just going to cut through to the interview now. Um, so I think we could just start off by, I think I'll ask you for a little bit of an introduction so that you can, so our listeners know more about who you are, as well as your background. Okay. So my name is Shaila. My full name is Shaila Vikram and I'm a de-addiction psychologist. I'm not exactly a clinical psychologist. I'm a de-addiction psychologist. I've had um, almost uh, 18 years of experience working with alcoholics and uh, drug addiction. And I'm also a teacher of psychology. I teach the ISC level psychology in uh, various schools and my topic of expertise is of course uh, social thought and social behavior and conformity which is prejudice and uh, attribution biases and conformity and uh, I was quite shocked because you said clinical psychology and my my area of interest now is social psychology so I teach social psychology at colleges and schools and I'm also teaching regularly at a school called Harishri Vidya Mandir. I've also worked a great deal with what troubles the teens. Okay, and uh, yeah, 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 I have because I do a lot of workshops for parents and educators and uh, you know, teachers only so that a teacher is able to equip herself with how to understand the adolescents or the teens so that's that's my area of expertise yes okay but why exactly did you go into this field of psychology like what prompted you what motivated you to go into it so i think sonia at around uh, when i was uh, 11 i was in the 11th or 12th and everybody was those uh, way back then it was i think uh, 34 years ago uh, everyone wanted to become either you know either opting for engineering mm-hmm. or medicine or it was chartered accountancy or financial accountancy and that was the only options so we had the class you know my class though I had taken science but I was very clear I didn't want to do either and um, so and I was always, always one of those people who, you know, had friends leaning on my shoulders and crying. I was sorting out uh, romantic uh, tips and I was, I was, I was that person who was moderating and mediating between, uh, you know, uh, you know yeah. relationships. And so I realized that I had a way with words. I was a good listener and I, whatever I said helped, it healed and it sorted out issues. So I really knew that you know I was a counsellor in making 
so i just i just felt i couldn't do either of those and i couldn't i didn't want to do what everybody was doing i didn't want to be a conformist in that way and i wanted to do something else i wasn't rebelling but i wanted to add to you know uh, the fact that everywhere there is so much of trouble there is so much grief and people want a listening ear so i wanted to do something different and then back then it was different because i had a lot of people saying psychology oh only mad people do psychology or oh, if you do psychology you will go mad and you know why not but i think my parents were very progressive they really understood that i had i was different i mean i would say i was different i wouldn't how i would say i was different is that you know i spoke a different kind of a language mm-hmm. i was i was definitely standing out my uniqueness was definitely not you know it is something i wanted to assert that i am unique i'm different so the, back then taking psychology was quite a thing yeah oh that's a really <laughs> inspirational back story really yeah i i take psychology as a subject in school right now actually we're dealing with um conformity our teacher just introduced the solomon study so we're like reading up yeah. on it and slowly but actually um the topic of our podcast this time is social conformity so can you give us a definition for all the listeners about what exactly is social conformity See, if we go by the theoretical definition of social conformity it is when you change or alter or you modify your ideology your conviction your beliefs your thinking your attitude uh, your feelings i would say your your entire vantage point all that to suit somebody else's or to even fit in to the social world only because you want to be like others or only because you think others know better than you or only because while doing it it satisfies some part of your what we call the vested interest so there are three reasons why we conform three reasons why we alter we change we modify we rectify and we try to change every i call this you know a a uh change in your ideas your beliefs your opinion your ideologies your philosophy your vantage point your conviction so when you alter or modify or change solely for the reason that you want to be part of the society that you belong to part of the social world you want to be accepted you want to be liked you want to be you want to fit in or you do it because you know you think you're not right enough you do not you are not equipped to you know you, you probably don't feel you you have enough knowledge and others have so you alter your thoughts and ideas or you do it because your vested interests are you know are it suits your vested interests if i give you an example three ways okay now um you you probably go into a college which is you know which is a social milieu which so different from what you've been in school a lot of people are using a lot of foul words and they're dressing in a manner that you do not uh, you haven't ever dressed and then you are insecure because you've left home you've left your uh, you know geographically you've been dislocated you've gone to a new place and you really badly want to fit in you really because that is you your, your need for affiliation makes you do that you need to have friends makes you do that so you actually try to do everything you're not i keep saying sometimes when you conform you put your personality your characteristics your traits what is you what is you into the back burner mm. 
you understand when i say back burner and then you want to fit in so you also do what they're doing you dress the way they're doing maybe you get a tattoo or you you know you shrink your hair or you start using foul words where where you ethically you never wanted to use foul words ethically your family's never been one of those who even used the word idiot or stupid if i tell you this happened to me back then there were no tattoos but back then it was it was everything that i was not that i tried to do when i went to tour a college and i really wanted to accept my you know i get accepted at the group now that i would say is a kind of conformity you'll know that it's called normative social influence or it's called normative conformity only when you want to be accepted and liked mm-hmm. then there is something called informational you just believe that maybe you're not good enough or you do not know enough and what everyone is doing the majority the the 100 200 that you've just met in your class maybe they know better and you've come from a background which probably is not adequate so you fit in and you move along to go along with them only because they you think they are right mm-hmm. now vested interest would be you found this very very good looking guy or you 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 have your sexual orientation is either a guy or a girl whatever and you are so attracted to this person and he or she is nothing like you mm-hmm. but you really want to be liked or romantic romantically tied to that person so you probably just change because it suits you it suits your interest and you want to be in a relationship so badly you were in a very conservative background and your parents never let you even get into a relationship so you think okay this is the time let me do whatever that that group is doing the so called group is doing and let me just go along just to get this one guy or one girl that i'm really keen about so that is conformity because you have vested interest so that is conformity conformity is nothing but changing altering modifying i always say it's changing altering modifying all your thoughts beliefs behavior your feeling and when i say thoughts it could be anything it could be your conviction it could be what you hold deep in your uh, heart but you would want to change because you want to fit in or you want to be accepted or you want to feel right or correct or you want to do it because it suits you mm-hmm. so i mean in that light okay now this is because I, this is because i'm a teacher and i teach like this because i have to keep uh, you know <laughs> i i give synonyms for one word i make them do synonyms for one word at least 100 synonyms that's the only way you learn psychology well <laughs> psychology is all about vocabulary yeah. yes right so i mean with those three examples i think i mean the conclusion that i'm drawing is that not all social conformity is necessarily like harmful or bad in a way is that right it is it is so if you're joining joining a chipko movement a movement similar to chipko movement where you know the trees in your locality are all going to be cut because of a swank uh, apartments are coming up and you know beautiful trees but the bohunia the marigold the, the flame of the forest the trees that have just given you so much of shelter and brought in all the birds and you know you enjoyed your walks and played all your life and if there are you know there is a construction happening and they're going to cut it down and your friends or friends from neighborhood or you know youngsters or youth totally against felling of trees unnecessarily 
or coming up with a protest and you join i would say that is for a socially responsible reason okay that's understandable the conformity conformity is never all bad mm-hmm. if you join the freedom struggle with mahatma gandhi and you went in for the national cooperation movement or the swadeshi movement or the dandi march i would say you're doing what others are doing and you did great you brought freedom to the country Exactly, that's that's yeah. true. Actually, um, since I think you mentioned before that you're into social psychology, especially when it comes to teenagers, can you explain how social conformity would impact teenagers specifically? So uh, now, if I narrow it down to teenagers, I would say social conformity hits teenagers. Uh, you know, I think world all over, globally. everyone says that uh, teenage is a uh, very very stressful and uh, a period full of storm and stress yeah. and only because uh, organically i think a teenager's brain is still developing we say the prefrontal cortex is still not developed so that's a reason why they take risk why they are impulsive and somewhere when you enter your teens your parents start uh, you know uh meaningless i wouldn't say you stop loving them but the the fact that you do not want to be parented so much you want to become what i call autonomous you want to become an individual you want to take your own decisions you want to move towards your friends because choosing friends over family just makes it you know uh, far more uh, Uh, gives you more value when you enter into the social world so i would always say that this only happens because conformity happens much more because you choose affiliation you choose wanting friends you choose wanting company you choose wanting to be liked you choose wanting to be fitted in over your family only because you suddenly becoming you suddenly gearing yourself to become an adult so you do have these banging doors episodes you do argue with your parents you do call them a hypocrite you do tell them listen you do not know everything this is not what everyone is thinking what you're telling me is just what you think as parents but that's not what it is mm-hmm. and somewhere your your self esteem is upgraded only if you move towards the peer group you feel better Mm-hmm. you can't go tell your peer group oh yeah i won't have a phone at all because my parents don't approve of it yeah i won't come to this party only because my parents don't approve it you would rather go along with your what your friends are planning more than your parents you do not mind arguing with your parents sulking not eating for days but you would rather not not go along with your friends is that true or not and that's true <laughs> it happens yeah this, this, I, i i mean it is a golden era in your life the, the 11 to 18 is a golden era you kids are doing wonderful when you are in your teens you know you're you're probably the most most vibrant in this uh, time you know i always say kids of this age understand extraterrestrial kids kids of this age understand metaphors you're all into what we call abstract reasoning looking beyond but you're also not ready to take as many instructions from your parents like you did when you were 8 or 9 yeah it's very true yeah you do not want your mother to come and take over the cupboard and even fold your clothes earlier it was be done and now if your mom enters your room and does up your cupboard you're like why do you touch my things as if i can't do it it doesn't matter happened this morning <laughs> yeah but um so that that's yeah yes 
Uh, yeah, so like you are saying, uh, how we tend to prioritize peer groups compared to our parents and what we previously used to prioritize. You cannot, you cannot prioritize, uh, you know, as I mean, it's, it's easy said than done. But what you can do, um, kids, is that, I, I mean, if it's a, this is a very heavy concept, of course, yeah. When you do in indulgent peer pressure, it is it is a lot of fun. You're listening to the same kind of music. You're you're doing a lot of things that other kids are doing, and you're really enjoying it. It's a lot of thrill. It's a lot of excitement. You're really having fun, and having fun is so cool. But somewhere you must decide. Somewhere you must listen to your gut. Are you losing your identity? Mm-hmm. Is it you? And if it is you, then you go in search of yourself. What do you want? It's good. It's, I'm not saying go along with your parents at all, but don't go along with even your friends only because it's fun, it's exciting, and in the process you might sometimes lose your identity. In the process, you might sometimes lose, uh, you know, your touch with your own self. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not saying parents are always right. I'm not saying friends are wrong, but is it you at all? So that that is true. I think you have to find some. You have to find yourself, really. I feel your own identity, what you're comfortable with doing and not doing. But as like peer pressure, I think is a very common thing that teenagers face. But uh, do you have any idea on how it would impact our academic or our school life? Because I mean. does impact your academic and school life because it it does put you under a lot of pressure like you say peer pressure as the word says and if you put it under the spotlight it means that you're under a lot of pressure you're under a lot of strain you're very preoccupied sometimes it can take you away from academics it can take you away from uh, deadlines it can take you away from uh, what you enjoyed the most earlier it can probably make you make you very sad very hurt very depressed it can make you feel lonely and all this because you're trying to cater to a group and the group is not exactly what intrinsically what you are then i think it leads to a lot of a uh, lot of um, you know what i call anxious and worrying thoughts and feelings but how harmful can it get peer pressure like what is the extreme level extreme really- vandalism it, extreme is vandalism extreme is delinquent i mean delinquent crimes extreme is substances abuse you know so it can get very harmful theft and cheating that's that's the extreme mm-hmm. and suicide if you have to bring that suicide so depression yeah of course but i know that um when we're talking about conformity specifically and i know people have a tendency to form biases against people who are different um how might that be in a school setting especially with social cliques and when you have popular groups no, in school setting in school setting it's bound to happen because a person who is uh, different or a non conformist gets looked Uh, you know uh, up uh, very meanly uh, we look down upon and then there is what you call uh, school bullying traditional bullying happening you have cyber bullying happening and cyber bullying can be very harmful to the person who's a victim mm-hmm. so what i would say is this is a very pervasive situation it is happening it's happening all over but there are two things you know there are two things i would always tell adolescents whatever is happening share share your uh, digital world share your personal world share 
as much as possible with your family if they're getting stressed then look for a school counselor and share not you know any of your personal information online and share not your uh, you know not uh, an information that can be used against you so the only way that you can deal with all this would be to just share to share and to 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 find that one confidant who's a friend/school counselor or a cousin or a relative or a parent who you can you know talk to so share is the hashtag <laughs> yeah that's very true yeah um just another question about social conformity culture and religion are really prominent in india and does that have any role to play in social conformity that only has um, i would say incredible role to play okay uh, so we we uh, i mean we live in a country which is so steeped in culture and tradition and all of us uh, go to a temple or all of us call, uh, pray to a um, you know what you call this what do you call these gurus the saint men and we are uh, you know in deep reverence of idol worship only because everyone is doing it and everyone for over 1000 years have done it so it does have and i wouldn't say it's negative at all it's only negative to have fights and huge conflicts over religion and but if god can direct your values if god can give you uh you know praying to god or going to temples can ease your worry then nothing like it so it does it does a strong role to play yes okay yeah yeah and uh, i think one final thing i really wanted to ask you about is recently when i've been studying especially in an online situation i go on to this website that's called study stream so it's like a online library where there's a lot of other kids um who are also studying uh, it's on zoom as well but their mic is muted and we're all just sitting and looking at our books and studying so the website preaches something called the psychology of accountability so they're talking about how people behave a little differently when they're being watched um does that contribute or does it connect to social conformity in any way you must have done solomon ash's experiment Oh, we're looking at it's it. Yeah, private acceptance and public acceptance. What you are in anonymity is very difficult from what you are in public. So, what I can say is that um, that's that's the key thing. So, well, you probably are not yourself when you have to admit something publicly. yeah if it was private maybe you wouldn't do it at all so an accountability when i say accountability i guess we become more accountable to ourselves when it's in privacy or anonymity of ourselves but we are not doing what we call accountability we feel accountable to others because we are in a group and the size of the group matters the the nature of the group matters and the fact that the group has a lot of so and so people who are you know valued by others then it's it so happens we feel accountable to just catering to what others are doing so that that is where accountability features mm-hmm. okay otherwise accountability has d- different meanings i always say feel accountable to yourself and of course your parents but not you know but when we talk about accountability in the context of social conformity it is different Okay right yeah yeah 
Well, I mean, those were the main topics we wanted to discuss. And thank you so yeah. much. You covered it so well. We <laughs> understood it immediately. Thank you a lot. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I've been teaching these topics now. <laughs> I just don't have to actually even um, you know, open my books. I have I have classes on prejudice, discrimination, accountability. I mean, conformity and biases. So anytime you want me to teach you these topics, I'm willing to do it. Definitely. Okay. So we 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 will be in touch again. Okay, Sanya. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. So that was the interview, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you guys learned from it like we did. Um, If you ever want to get in touch with us to talk about the interview or like share your stories or your emotions or anything like that, you can contact us at any time. You can contact us on our Instagram at project underscore tbh. Or you can send us a mail at care.tbh at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, this is the end of our first season. We will be back with the second season soon. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Bye.